If you're joining us on live stream, thank you. Can you all, can we look, I don't, I'm not, can you go to this camera and can you all look at this camera and will you pan on them? And let's just say hello to all our Springhouse family who's, who's with us. They're joining us online today. Guys, welcome. We're so glad that you're joining us today on, on live stream. We so wish that you were here. So many of you are on there. I've seen you in your comments and, uh, and joining us. Thank you for being a part of, uh, of our service this morning. Uh, I'm not going to be very long today because we have kids in the room. And, and boy, we've, we've really experienced the, the Lord. But I do believe the Lord's given me something this morning. But before we go there, um, a couple of quick things. Immediately following this, uh, we're going to go out and take a group picture, Pastor. Pastor Barbie's going to lead getting us organized to do that. So before you head out, we want to do a group, a group picture. Uh, and then Thursday night this week, we're starting a series on Joseph. Have anybody read the story of Joseph? I'm excited. Anybody have big dreams? Anybody have big dreams and, 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 and want to see God do some things with those dreams? We're going to talk about Joseph on Thursday night, 615, in our midweek gathering. So I want to invite you to be a part of that uh, on Thursday night. Uh, J, JBQ is still also meeting on Thursday night to practice. And, and do those things. We have children's ministry services as, as well. And then next Sunday, we're going to begin a series called Called Out. Called Out. Do you know that God has a calling on your life? He has a calling for each one of you. So we're going to do a series uh, beginning next Sunday uh, entitled Called Out. So you want to be a part of that. All right, a couple other orders of, of business. Actually, one more thing of business. Um, guys, it takes a tremendous amount of work and effort to, to do a, a retreat like this. It doesn't just uh, come together, and the staff has just done a really great job. Can you show your appreciation to the staff? They worked really hard in serving and uh, putting things together. But I want to acknowledge one uh, staff member in particular who has just been uh, around the clock, no sleep, working tirelessly, made sure you had eggs this morning. Uh, but uh, April Davis, come on up here. We want to thank April Davis for all of her hard work. Come on up here, lady. <laughs> we so love you. Who's glad that the Lord brought the Davis family, Aubrey and April, to Spring House? <laughs> We so love you, and we just bless you, and we just thank you for all of the work and how you love us so selflessly and how you take such great care of us, and you put up with my shenanigans. I so appreciate you. <laughs> we love you, April. Thank you so much for all of your, your work. Well, this weekend's theme is Level Up. Are you wearing the shirt? Level Up. We're talking about leveling up, and... Um, and boy, uh, I believe all throughout Scripture, you see God calling His people higher, calling His people higher. So we're going to read uh, two Scriptures today. If you can see it on the screen, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read from Matthew 7 and 1 Corinthians 9. So let's go ahead and, and throw that up there. Where we, oh, I'm controlling this. Let's see here. There we go. All right. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And from 1 Corinthians, do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? 
run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike my blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Father, I thank you for your word. It is alive and active. May it change us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about leveling up. Anybody ever play the game Jenga? Jenga? Is it Jenga or Jenga? Whatever I want. Jenga, Jenga, Jenga. Okay. Um, I was actually, yeah, I guess it depends on where you're from, right, Michael? Okay, so uh, I'm going to build this up here, and I'm going to ask James and Justin, because they like to, you know, compete against each other. Come on up here, guys. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys about a three-minute window to play this game here. But here's the caveat, okay? Um, I don't want this to fall. Teamwork. Okay. I want you to go as high as you can, and then when you get to a point where you think, uh, we're not going to be able to go any further, okay, I want you to, uh, I want you to uh, stop, okay? You got it? Okay. Easy, right? Counterbalance it. We're more on this side, more on this side. Whoa! Relax, relax. I've got a question for you today. As we're talking about leveling up, I've got a question for you today. Here's my question. What's going on in your foundation? What's going on in your foundation? I don't know that I have to expound too much on what leveling up means. We're in a culture, we're in a society, we're in a world that preaches level up, level up, move up, 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 go, go, go. I don't really have to spend a lot of time explaining what it means to level up. But my question to us today is what is going on in our in our foundation. Leveling up in the kingdom is not about how high you can go or how much you have here on this earth. Leveling up in the kingdom is not about, not about how high you can go or how much you have. You can't measure kingdom success using a worldly barometer. You can't measure kingdom success using a worldly barometer. If you look at this game of Jenga here that they were playing, and I mean, some of you are still staring at it because you can't believe how are they leaning this whole thing on these two little blocks here. But in the kingdom sense, sometimes we get so going at what's happening up here in the glory part that we don't pay attention to what's going down in the foundational part. And if the foundational part is weak, it doesn't matter how high you level up, eventually you're going to fall. The foundation is essential when it comes to growing yourself in the kingdom. The foundation is essential to growing yourself in the kingdom. In the world, leveling up is about advancement. It's about promotion, more money, more stuff, better position, bigger house, more toys, greater influence, whatever makes me happy. We're constantly being inundated with those types of messages. And while there's nothing inherently wrong with those things, leveling up in the kingdom has nothing to do with what you can show on the outside, but it has everything to do with what's going on on the inside. 
has everything to do with what's going on on the inside. I think of David over in 1 Samuel when he's sitting and he's doing what he, he's just doing in terms of tending sheep and out there with the flock. And, for, and Samuel comes to anoint a king and Samuel looks and he sees Eliab there and he says, man, this guy looks like he's a king. He looks, he looks like he's positioned. He, he's got the appearance of a king. He's got all the outward manifestation of a king. He must be the king. And God says to Samuel, pay no attention to Iliad because I don't look on the outward appearance. I look at the heart. I look at the heart. God has somebody else in mind for the kingship. See, you can't, you can't grab from the things that are happening on the external and expect God to do things that are real supernatural on the inside with the things on, on the outside that you're, you're grabbing. I was, uh, I was reminded in preparing for this um, about the time when I was, uh, before I became young adult pastor here, I was actually, uh, before young adult pastor, I was working with the children in a capacity there, but I was leading a young adult group. And uh, I worked over in Murfreesboro, Chick-fil-A. I was a general manager there, and we started a young adult ministry. It was called Power. Power. It's kind of like that name, like those, na- yeah, those names that you come up with in the 90s and stuff that you're just like, well, what was that about? Uh, but uh, people of ra- worship embracing righteousness is what it stand- stood for, you know? Um, anyway, uh, so, but we, but we got together, and the reason that I started that, that ministry was because we had a bunch of young adults who were trying to find their place, and they didn't, they weren't really plugging into their church or whatnot. And so, you know, I said, hey, we're closed on Sunday. Why don't we get together and do some worship? you know, and, and have a time together and I'll, you know, share the word and, and do that. And, you know, we had about five, 10 people show up the first time. It was great. And so we decided we're going to do it monthly. We grew to about a hundred people at Chick-fil-A. We grew the ministry to about a hundred people. And so we got to that point and Pastor Ronnie pulls me in and says, well, Pastor Ronnie pulled me in because another pastor from another church came and talked to Pastor Ronnie about this ministry that was going and stuff. And he was saying, you really need to have a covering if you're going to do this. I mean, you're, you're growing pretty big here, you know. And so after some dialogue, we had decided to kind of come under the eldership mat and we were going to just kind of have a covering over from, from our church, you know, because I was a member of our church. And as soon as that happened, I was so excited because now we had access to some resources. I had a covering. I felt good. And God said, Kevin, I want you to lay this ministry down. And I said, no. Yeah, I said, no. My argument was, God, look what I've done here. Look at this. This, this is my baby. You know, I, I've, I've, I've labored. Look at these relationships. Look at all of these things. Look at all these connections that I have and, 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 and all, of, all of these things, Lord. And Lord, and, and I just must not be hearing from you because we're being covered now by the church. I mean, I've got access to the, you want, surely, Lord, this is going to mean more people are going to come. Don't you want more people to come? Kevin, I want you to lay that down. And I said, no. And we went quickly from 100 to 12. Went from 100 to 12. And I walked in bitterness for a while toward the Lord in that situation because I didn't understand why the Lord would give me something like that and then take it away. And he said, Kevin, it was never yours to begin with. It was never yours to begin with. And I'll tell you, as, as I say that story now, I look back. Have you ever had those moments in your life where you look back and you say, what was I thinking? I know when I tell you that story, I'm in a position now that I'm like, Duh. But I'll tell you, in that moment, I was so fuzzy, I couldn't see it. Have you ever looked at somebody and you're just like, wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. 
God wants to give you supernatural eyes to see what he's doing in the kingdom. And you can be distracted by what you see in the world and mistaken the things that are happening in the world for what he's wanting to happen in the kingdom. And if you're grabbing to worldly things, including position, if you're grabbing those things and holding on to those things, then the Lord will rightly ask you to lay those things down because, guys, it's never about you. It's never about me. It's all about him and advancing his, his kingdom. Leveling up for me in my life, I can tell you in every single position that the Lord has elevated me to, it has cost me something. I have lost friendships. I have endured hardship. I have had, it, is, it has always cost me something when he has elevated me. I have been humiliated. I have been stripped from positions. I have been stripped from things. There has always been a cost in leveling up. And whether you level up in the world or the kingdom, it always comes with a price. Whether it's in the world or the kingdom, it comes with a price. What you have to determine is, is the cost going to be for your gain or his glory? Is the cost going to be for your gain or his glory? And if you choose the path of worldly gain, this is what 1 John 2 says, the world and its desires will pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Jesus even said in Matthew 16, he says, what good will it be for somebody to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Guys, we can't be about building worldly kingdoms and worldly treasures. Are there, is there anything inherently wrong with having possessions and money and all? No, there's nothing inherently wrong with those things. But if those things become your focus, if those things dominate your life, if that's what you're chasing after, you're chasing after the wrong thing. And ultimately, like this Jenga set, your foundation will become, uh, will not be stable. It will not be solid and you will fall. You will fall. Have you ever played this game? Tetris. I love Tetris. I love playing Tetris. I also love playing Mario, Super Mario Brothers. I couldn't find a really good uh, picture to put for Super Mario. I used to play these video games, this Tetris game. And on level one of Tetris, I'm talking about basic Tetris, not this stuff that they're doing now, but I'm talking about like basic Nintendo Tetris, okay? Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the first levels is you got a little block and you got one little thing coming down and it goes like this. Right? Right? And you got all this time to figure out the pattern or how you need to manipulate the piece to get it to work and to, and to complete, the, complete the game. Now, if you've played Tetris, you don't have the patience that it takes for that thing to go like this. Right? Because you are advanced in your skill. Right? And so you need it to go a little bit faster. You need more challenge. Right? You need, you need, you need, you need to enhance the, the level of... of uh, competitiveness, if you will. Okay, that word, competitiveness. Oh, great. Praise the Lord. I'm not making up words yet, Justin. Okay. Um, so, so if you look at this Tetris, eventually you will advance to a point where you get to something like this and they'll start falling down real fast and you've got just a few seconds, you know, and then you'll miss it and then you'll try it again and then you'll miss it and then you'll try it again and then you'll miss it and you try it until you get it and then you level up to the next level, right? So every level you're being equipped for the next thing. Every level you're being trained up for the next thing. Every level that you win, you're getting better and advancing further so that you can be successful at the next level. Are you following what I'm about to say here? Every level up, there's a larger dimension 
demand. Every level up, there's more expected. And every level up, your adversaries will increase. Every time you level up, there's more demand, more expectation. And your adversaries, they will increase. But if your foundation is not strong, if there's cracks and crevices in the foundation... It doesn't matter how good you think you are, how talented you are. It will all end up falling and crashing down. What is in your foundation? The Bible is very uh, clear in stories that we read that he equips those who he sends out. Part of that equipping process is having a strong foundation. So what I want to encourage you in is that as we're promoting this idea of leveling up, I want you to understand that in wherever you are in the process of your growth and maturity with the Lord, I want you to understand that sometimes in the process of leveling you up, God may step you back. Because if your life looks like this, God is more concerned about shoring this up so that you can continue to go up. So he will bring you back. And then some of you will say, but God, I deserve that promotion. God, I deserve that raise. God, I deserve to be in that position of influence. God, this doesn't make me look good. But I want you to know that God's not in the business of trying to make you look good. He's trying in the business of making himself look good. And in order to make himself look good, your foundation has to be strong. Because when you get up here and you don't have a strong foundation, when you start talking from this place and you're drawing from stuff down here that doesn't make any sense, then up here you're going to start hurting some other people that are trying to build a strong foundation. Because people are looking up here. They're looking for what's going on up here. People who are non-Christians, guys, I want to be a church. Listen to me. I want to be a church who leads people to the Lord. I want to be a church. I don't, guys, this was such a fun, wonderful time together, building community. And it is a part of the piece of the pie that we have as a church. But let me tell you, there is a large piece of this pie about advancing the kingdom that has everything to do with winning souls from the lost. Winning souls for the kingdom. And in order for us to win souls, we've got to know the truth. We've got to be able to stand firm on a strong foundation. And if our foundation is weak, then whatever we're spouting off up here is going to fall onto deaf ears and it's going to lead people the wrong way. Guys, I don't want to be a church that's leading people astray. I want to be a church that is advancing the kingdom by bringing people in. Where, what is going on in your foundation? What's going on in your foundation? So why is it important that we have a retreat like this, Connie? What, why is it important for us, uh, Fred, for us, to have a, for us to have a retreat like this? Because here's the deal. If I get into relationship with Fred, eventually my foundational cracks are going to be exposed. Absolutely. And I need people like Wade in my life to say, hey, brother, listen, I, I don't know... I don't know that you're quite, you might want to go and do some repair work on that foundation in your life. Because better Wade humble me and tell me that than God humble me and tell me that. Because if God has to humble me and tell me that, God might just do this right here. 
Okay? And if God knocks you down, you're going to be down for the count. Okay? I need some people who love me enough, that will love me enough, that will love me enough to be in relationship with me enough to say, Kevin, your foundation is off and you need to fix some things because God wants to use you in a mighty way. Guys, we can't do that, though, if we're not in relationship or we're not in community. That's the whole foundation of why we're doing this retreat. The whole purpose of us going on this journey together and talking about community is so that we can be in each other's life, not in a fake way. I told somebody this weekend, I want to have a better relationship with you than I do with the person who's checking me out at Walmart. The person at Walmart, I know their name. We do a transaction and I get out of there. I want more of a relationship with you than that. I deserve to have, if I'm going to call you family, I want more of a relationship with you than that. I want us to have a relationship with each other so that we can talk to each other and be real. Right, Kevin? So that we can have real talk with one another because I love you and you love me and we're in this together on this journey to advance his kingdom. Jesus was constantly, consistently encouraging his followers followers, to level up in the kingdom throughout his entire ministry. Jesus was always about the kingdom, and in the world, it cost him his life. It cost him his life. Let's level up as a church, Springhouse. Let's level up as a church. I want us to be that city on the hill. I want us to be a beacon of light for the kingdom. I want us to grow in salvations. I'm crazy enough to believe that God can use a small church on the corner of Old Nashville Highway to advance his kingdom in exponential ways. But we must be building our lives individually and collectively on the rock. Our foundation must be firm so that we can rise up to the greater demand so that we can grab hold of a larger expectation and that we can stand against our adversaries because they're out there. The enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. You've heard that. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You think the, you think the enemy likes what's happening here this weekend? Any distraction he can throw at you. Anytime he can get you to be looking way up here. Hey, look, but look at this other carrot up here. Look what you're, look how much influence, look how many people like you right now. Don't worry about that foundation. Look at all these people who like you up here. Look at all that. Look at all of this stuff that you've got. Look what you've got going for you. No, the Lord says get into that foundation because when you're focused on the foundation, he will be magnified. He will be the one people are looking at. When people look at your life, they should see Jesus, not you. When people look at your life, when they look at your testimony, it's not about how great James is or Justin is or Ray is or Will is. It is about how good Jesus has been. Do you know the power in your testimony is not anything about what you've done. It's all about the power of God in your life, the transformative power in your life and what he has done for you. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, no one has seen or heard or even imagined what wonderful things God has ready in store for those who love him. What's our motivation? God has incredible things in store for you beyond your wildest dreams and imagination. If you will completely let go and you'll sow into that foundation, you will start to see things happen in your life that will blow your mind. Things that you wouldn't even be able to attempt to do on your own. It is the most hilarious joke of the Lord that he would put Kevin O'Day as lead pastor of this church. I'll tell you that right now. But God will do exponentially more than you could ever dream of or imagine in your life. 
if you will sow into your foundation. So let's look at just a couple of practical things. None of these things are going to surprise you, but I hope that some of these things will convict you because God doesn't make it hard. He does not make it hard for us to understand what the foundation is supposed to be. This is not rocket science, but there is a willingness. There is a flesh thing that gets in the way. There is this world thing that gets in the way, but he'll give you the strength to endure and overcome all of those things to go into the foundation. The first thing is this, guys, you have to have a relationship with the word. I know you're sick and tired of hearing me say this, but I'm going to keep saying as long as I'm in this position, this is what I'm going to say. We have to have a relationship with the word. Guys, your truth cannot, your life's truth should not be riding on the coattails of what I'm saying on Sunday or what anybody else is saying. You need a relationship with this word. You need to have foundation. Next year's word for our church is anchored. We are going to be anchored in truth, anchored in truth. You need to get a copy of this Bible. If you don't have one, you need a copy of the Bible. Okay, you need to get one because we're about to tear this thing up, up and down. I don't mean tear it, tear it up. You know what I'm saying? We're going to learn it. We're going to learn it. That's street talk, right? We're going to learn it, right? We're going to learn this thing, right? Read the word. Read the word, okay? I want you right now. Let's just do this right now, okay? Because I can. Father, I ask right now that you would identify one of these areas or even more that people in this room and those who are listening live stream need to level up in. Holy Spirit, would you convict our hearts right now? Holy Spirit, would you convict our hearts right now? Dig into our foundation, God. Read the word, guys. What is your, what is your, what is your relationship with the word? Daily. Daily. What is your relationship with the word? Do you know he wants to speak to you? Some of you have been carrying around insecurities for umpteen million years. You've been carrying false narrative about your life. You've been carrying insecurities. You've been carrying doubts and all these things. And God has something to say about that in his word. And you'll go to every other vice to fix it for just a moment. And God says, let me fix the foundation. It's in his word. Relationship with word. The next thing is serving. Serving. What is God called? What is it in you? What God has given every one of you a gift. He has given you, he has wired you not to sit there and watch everybody else do something, but I am inadequate. I can't be used of God. That is a lie from hell. How are you serving? What are you giving of yourself? When you give of yourself, God can fill you up. When you empty yourself, he will fill you up. Now, of course, I would love all of you to be serving at Springhouse. There's tons of things that we could do at Springhouse. But more than that, I want you doing what God has called you to do. That takes a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So you can hear what he is asking you to do. Give. Some of your leveling up is I have not yet made a commitment to trust the Lord with my finances. The first, well, we got real quiet. Amen, brother. Okay. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit up there, and he tells me to give that lady $1,000. I have no idea where we're getting that $1,000. we are going to get it, okay? But here's the deal, okay? Here's the deal. We should be a church that's doing that all the time. Yes, yes, yes. We should be, I want us to be a hilariously generous church. I want to be able to listen to the Holy Spirit in a moment and say, you need this, we got your need. 
We're going to meet the needs in our body, and we're going to meet the needs of the people who need outreach. All of those things all together. Well, let me tell you something. What prevents us from doing that is individuals not walking in obedience in this principle right here. Level up. Level up. This is one of the few things in Scripture that God says, test me in this. He literally said, you can test God. You can test the star breather. Give Start paying your tithe and see what he does in your life. There are so many testimonies in this room. There are so many testimonies in our church of somebody stepping out and said, well, I did it. And then look what God did. Go talk to the people who are, seem to be prospering in their life. Tell me if they don't tell you. Well, the first thing I did is I started to tithe. And I don't know how this happened, but God math happened in my life. Level up. Read the word, serve, give. The next one is you have got to invest time in your family and community. You being here this weekend is huge. You being here this weekend is huge. The world wants to drive you to be so busy that you neglect relationships. And the relationships in your life are going to be those those people in your life that expose the cracks in your foundation. Right? There are literally people... No, I don't. I shouldn't say that. No, I'm going to say it. There are people. There are people. I believe. There are people. Let's just say there are people. There are people. I believe. Who walk around and believe that they have nowhere to grow. Yes. Yes. They might not say it out loud, but the posture is: I've, I've got it. I've got it together. And those people's, their cracks are more exposed and glaring than anyone else. But they're not in relationship enough for anybody to be able to point that out to them. Get in relationship with your family and community. This is what this is about. And lastly, you got to (laughs) rest. Level up. Do you know that this right here is where God will speak to you most? This is the place. You're saying, I can't hear from God. I'm not hearing from God. I can't hear. What is God saying? This is the position with which he will speak to you and tell you what to do. I'm too busy to rest. Well, God's saying, rest and I'll tell you what to lay down. He's not called us to be busy bodies. Now, let me put a little caveat here, okay? I wasn't going to say this, but I am going to say it, okay? What, are we good on time? Y'all want me to keep going? Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm closing down, okay? I'm closing down, but listen to this, okay? The Bible tells us that God judges with equity. You understand equity is not equality? That means God has wired every one of us to be different than another. What that means is what Dylan, the capacity with which God wants to use Dylan is going to be a different capacity with which he chooses to use Rhonda, with which he chooses to use Fred, with which he chooses to use Will. So going around and comparing yourself to other people does nothing to advance the kingdom. It just gets your eyes off of the place it's supposed to be. I'm one that particularly is wired to do a little bit more than other people. And I'm okay with that. Do I need to rest? Absolutely. Do I have to keep that balancing in check? Do I need people in my life to be reminding me? Have you? Re- Absolutely. But there are also people, excuse me, I don't mean spit on your face, Will. Um, 
There are, there, are, there are other people, listen, there are other people who are wired in condition. The Lord's could wire them to do one thing extremely well. And if, if I'm over here trying to do 32 things really well, and I'm only supposed to be doing 28, and this person's doing one thing really well, who's doing the better job? Who's doing the one? Who's, doing, who's obeying the Lord? It's this one over here. So you draw from the Holy Spirit on what you're supposed to do. And in times of rest, he will make that clear. Well, what's an indicator? What's an indicator if I'm, if I'm not really in the Lord's will? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit will be totally out the door if you're doing more than what you're supposed to do. You will not, believe me, you will not have patience if you're overexerting yourself. You will not have peace. You will not have joy. Okay? You will not have self-control. All these things. What is going on with my life? You need to rest. Well, what'd you learn at that retreat? I learned I need to sleep and rest more. (laughs) Level up. I'm going to bed. Okay? (laughs) On a serious note, though, rest, the command of rest in Scripture isn't necessarily about sleeping. When Jesus withdrew to rest, it wasn't for him to go to sleep. He did sleep, but it was for him to hear from the Lord. The Sabbath rest is about stopping so that you can consider and hear from the Lord. That's what rest is about. So these are five practical areas. I pray, has the Lord, who's been convicted? Come on, you can be honest. Who's been convicted about one, at least one thing? Okay, there are some people not raising their hand. Let's keep going. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, read the word. Read the word. Read the word. Find a place to serve. I challenge you, Rhonda, I loved what Rhonda shared up here today. Yes. You know, that, that was a level up moment when she went from, well, we've always tied. That's not, I mean, we just knew. But man, there's more. Yes. You can level up from where you are. Anywhere you are, you can level up. God is calling you how to give. Give. Read the word, serve, give, spend time with your family and your community, build relationships with one another. And find time to rest and hear from the Lord. Guys, can you imagine being a part of church who really does all of these things? What does that look like in terms of advancing the kingdom? How we'd have to build it. We're going to have to build a new building if that happens. What? What? Why? Because we want a big mansion? No, because the Lord's going to bring people that are going to give their lives to Jesus. Because they're going to see, why do, you, why do you have so much joy in your life? How are you living all this way? Guess what? You're going to point them to him because you're reading the word, because you're serving, because you're giving, because you're spending time with your community and you're resting. Go figure. Look what the Lord did in that. Right, Lisa? Amen? Amen. I'm closing. Now, worshiping, you can come back just for a moment. We're going to close this down. This is the lie that lies that the uh, world says to us. You don't have time to read the word. You should be served. You shouldn't be serving others. What do you mean give? Nobody's giving to me. The world will say, isolate yourself because they don't like you. And then the world will say, work yourself to death. You don't have time to rest. So, you got the world to build your foundation on. 
or the Lord. Those are just five practical things. Start doing that, sowing into the foundation. You're going to look up all of a sudden and you're going to be in level 117 of Kingdom Tetris. You're going to be advancing so far. And you're going to be like, Lord, how did I get this high? And he's going to say, because you didn't do it. Right, Fred? Say, because I did the work. You let me do what I do. And you just rested in me. Right? There's this... Uh, we're so accustomed to reading John chapter 3 in verse 16, you know, and that. And we tend to stop there. But there's this little story. There's little parts tucked at the back of John chapter 3. Um, John the Baptist. John the Baptist leveled up. John the Baptist was somebody who, you know, they mistaken John the Baptist for the Messiah. I mean, that's how, I mean, he had leveled up pretty high. And there was this argument that took place, the Bible says, between the disciples and a certain Jew about Jesus because Jesus had started to really arrive on the scene and John had been baptizing these people and his followers were saying, John, look at that guy over there. Now, you understand that all those people are going over to him to be baptized. Like, what about you, John? I mean, look what you, I mean, aren't you, aren't you offended that those people are going over there? Shouldn't they be coming to you? Look at all the things that you've done. This is what John says. A person can only receive what is given to them from heaven. You yourselves testified that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of them. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine. And it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. He must become greater. I must become less. If that could be the cry of our heart, Springhouse Church, that he would become greater and that we would become less, then we will level up to places that we could never imagine and our foundation will be firm. Because anything that we do good will give Him glory. It won't be about us taking a posture of, look at me. It will be, no, look at Him. Look at Him. May we decrease, church. May we decrease and may He increase. Would you stand this morning? One of the things I uh, I told the staff this year and the Holy Spirit convicted me about was... I told them this year, I said, I want to be someone who is in a boat with no oars. I've said that multiple times. I want to be in a boat with no oars because when you're, when you don't have oars, you can't be in control, right? I mean, that's a good, that's a good thing, right? And um, the Holy Spirit was ministering to me and he's saying, Kevin, yes, that's where most people struggle. That's where the majority of people struggle is giving up control of the oars. That's where most people are. He said, but whenever you've been able to relinquish the oars, what's next? He said, a faith step is raising the sails in that boat and letting the wind of the Spirit take you wherever I lead. You talk about being in a boat with no oars, you wait till you raise those sails and let Him blow where He wants to take you. And then you sit in that boat without oars, without control, without faith. It is impossible to please God. And so may we be a church who so decreases so that he can be magnified in our lives.
may he be our foundation. And may the wind of the Holy Spirit take us on into the places he wants us to go. Let's worship together, family.